Hey everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Basecamp. Welcome to Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, experts from Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journey in this growing industry, giving you some insights on the ecosystem to hopefully help you to take part in the climate change fight and benefit from the opportunities that it can also represent. The podcast is divided in two small interviews. During the first part, you will get to know our speaker, their perspective on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. The second part of the talk will be for all members of the community who will learn from the speakers their secret sauce on how to, sharing with you their unique expertise on various topics as fundraising, management, strategy, and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. Let's go for the show. Hi, everyone. During this new episode of our founder series, we are sitting down with Luba Mila, CEO and co-founder of Plan A and co-founder at Green Tech Alliance. Lubomila will share with you her incredible journey and how she started Plan A, the first software that enables businesses to monitor and reduce their emissions while improving their ESG performance. We will cover with her how the decarbonization and impact intelligence landscape is evolving today and how Plan A is fitting into it. She will go into details on how Plan A works the economics behind it, and their competition landscape. Finally, she will also share with us her vision for the company, the way they are scaling it, and how they define their own ESG. During the second part of the talk, Lubomila will share her secret sauce on how she successfully fundraised with some major investors, such as SoftBank, Demeter, and Corporation Venture. We will also learn more about Green Tech Alliance that she co-founded, why she started it, how you can join it and benefit from their incredible network of founders and investors. Lubomila, welcome to the show. Hi, Lubomila. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. Uh, we are super happy to have you here uh, with us. So before we start, uh, I'd like uh, you to give us a 20-second intro about Plan A. Hi, Guillaume. It's really great to be here. So Plan A is a software as a service company that enables large corporates and other fast-scaling businesses to decarbonize and manage their ESG performance. Fantastic. So let's start by the top. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about your story, uh, your background, if you have anything specific about you that is not public, uh, would mean like, you know, something that you like, uh, that you don't like. Uh, and then uh, I would like to uh, understand a bit more what's your driver to the jump uh, into the climate uh, clean tech industry. Uh, I would say before uh, it became as hot as it sounds today, because you guys started in 2017. So there's a lot of things that I can share about myself and also my journey. I guess something that is not in the prime and it's not necessarily publicly discussed is, uh, uh, or I haven't shared it with a lot of people, is that I used to compete in skiing until I was 18. 
Uh, that's something like a fun fact about <laughs> uh, me and uh, I still am obsessed with skiing and also uh, given I'm working on day-to-day basis with the topic of climate change I'm quite uh, scared of what's ahead of our mountains because there's a lot of uh, defrosting and essentially loss of ice caps that is essentially leading to uh, this favorite sport going extinct. But uh, yeah, that's maybe um, just a, a small a small detail about myself. So tell us a little bit more about, like, uh, I would say your, your journey and your background, because you didn't start with Plan A at first. I think you worked for a financial company as well before. Yeah, so I actually was in the finance sphere and all sorts of topics. I covered corporate banking. I also was in investor relations in a corporate, um, was in investment banking, uh, then uh, VC in Asia. And then finally, I was in a, a fintech startup in London. And all of these experiences gave me a really fantastic opportunity to learn how business works. And um was really uh, actually uh, satisfied with uh, all the things that I was doing, but climate change actually found me in 2016 on a beach in Morocco where instead of surfing, I ended up cleaning beaches uh, from all the pollution that was there. And uh, I kind of didn't aim to do anything that uh, would take me into the topic professionally, but I became so obsessed after this experience with the topic. I really wanted to learn a lot, spend a whole year actually educating myself. And after that, there was no um, opportunity to be returning back to uh, um, kind of a different mindset. So uh, with this certain mindset, I decided to focus on addressing climate change with my day-to-day as well. So that was the why behind plan A? Yeah, this was kind of maybe the small kickoff moment that uh, gave me a nudge that there's more that I could be doing with my skill set. There's more that I could be doing with my time. Um, There was a few more quantitative experiences that also defined my choice to be doing uh, this. One was that I did a survey with more than 300 people, predominantly people in the finance and uh, management consulting sector in London. Um, that showed me that people had a lot of opinions about climate change, which no way how to act on any of the little knowledge that they had, because they were actually not that concerned even. And then the second uh, was a data model that I developed within this one year of uh, kind of self-education, where I was looking into the data that was showing what were the biggest environmental issues. And then on the other hand, um, where was... uh, the money going into when it comes to the environmental issues. So these two things, unfortunately, uh, were not working well together. There was no positive correlation. Um, and that led me to decide to spend my time a bit more uh, actively on the topic. So can you tell us a little bit more and maybe give us uh, an overview of the, uh, I would call it decarbonization uh, impact intelligence uh, landscape today? Uh, is the landscape changing? Uh, and uh, if not, what needs to happen uh, to operate those change to go towards uh, carbon uh, neutral uh, society? Uh, and if you see, uh, as of today, any regulation uh, pushing that uh, change uh, that, in a way, give context where uh, Plan A is evolving right now? There's certainly a sensation, especially in the people that work in the sphere that we work in, that there's a lot going on. 
Uh, that's because we're in a bubble of uh, kind of impact makers that uh, having the sensation that a lot is going on. The truth is, is that if you put it on a larger scale, kind of on a world level, and also uh, in terms of how many companies have adopted sustainability practices and activities in their company, we're still scratching the surface of what actually uh, this space stands for and what uh, the impact it can achieve uh, is. Um, the space essentially is now made up of a lot of different uh, companies that are finding their way into analyzing carbon accounting uh, data, uh, transforming it into decision-making for businesses or simply giving a company the option to uh, compensate or like something that is, you know, a simple way to act without necessarily act changing yourself. Um, the, main, uh, the main reason why there's a lot of movement in the space is because definitely regulations have been coming in in Europe. There's a lot of uh, regulations happening on a country by country level as well, like Germany, France, uh, also in Scandinavia, there's been a lot happening. Uh, and that combined also with the, so to say, citizen movement uh, or kind of initiatives uh, is making many of us feel like there's a momentum. Um, but I would still definitely think that we have a long way to go if we want to um, address climate change effectively. Uh, at this stage, it is definitely a bit more of a kind of the word of the day, the news of the day, but it's not necessarily the... Uh, main topic when decisions are being made in businesses. Mm -hmm. So I would like to, I mean, you work with corporates that are your main, uh, main clients. Um, and it's true that in this, you know, uh, in this bubble or in the news, we, we hear a lot about like this tendency of greenwashing from those corporates. Do you feel that there is a real uh, need a real uh, a willingness to, uh, to to approach that uh, net zero, or is it still um, close to greenwashing, real intention? But why not? Uh, how do you see it? I think there's a lot of genuine commitments. Uh, there's also a lot of commitments that are made without actually calculating what is going to take you to get there, uh, which could be considered as unintentional greenwashing. Uh, and there's actually some straight in your face greenwashing, which is also really visible. Uh, and that's kind of prominent across Europe, I would say also in the US still. Um, I think there's a bit of an identity crisis moment happening in many corporates at the moment because they are seeing a lot of pressure uh, and, you know, um, from investors, also from uh, employees, also from their uh, customers. And that is pushing them to start thinking about where they should be standing on this particular topic. We work with a lot of corporates that are incredibly impressive with the speed with which they have decided to change They've implemented uh, a kind of an initial project and then they set up a budget and then have started taking actions. Uh, these are the companies that uh, have understood sustainability as a journey rather than as something that like, you know, kicks in and you overnight become sustainable. And these are the ones that are incredibly, uh, you know, utter about all the steps that they're taking. We're super happy to be working with Societe Generale. Uh, Societe Generale is a huge corporate, but... Uh, also quite, uh, I would say, detail-focused when it comes to implementing something on a global uh, level for carbon accounting where we're helping. Um, we also work with global fashion conglomerates like Ghani that really have a truly international operation 
yet uh, they take this more as a responsibility rather than as a burden because they think that they have the chance to empower a lot of people to be part of the solution and they empower their customers, they empower their employees by setting up an internal system that gets them to compete who's going to reduce the most. Um, and these examples are definitely of the companies that are taking it seriously and are taking uh, you know, a good stance and the one that should be uh, actually the only option that any corporate would have because it's the one that leads to results for the planet and of course for the company as well. Mm -hmm. So now let's go a little bit deeper into uh, plan A. So can you tell us a little bit uh, more about how does it work? Uh, how long did it take uh, your team to build uh, the tech behind plan A uh, and in some way validate the accuracy of, of the data that uh, you were uh, collecting? Uh, Maybe I think the best is if you can walk us through the, the process and maybe uh, using an existing company of your, uh, of your portfolio as an example. Of course, yeah. Well, the Planet product exists already for three and a half years. We are a bit uh, kind of uh, older to the game because we've been on the market for a bit longer and that has allowed for our product to be quite mature. It's a modular system that allows companies to have uh, really tailored to their needs support for sustainability where they can monitor their emissions, the emissions of their different facilities, of their products, also of their employees, customers, and so on. Um, and maybe an example of how it works, and then I'll illustrate it also with an actual company, is that once a company comes to us, um, we establish how far they are within their sustainability journey. Um, so that we can adapt our language, uh, you know, adapt our processes to make sure that they are by the end of the process of being onboarded on the platform equipped with knowledge on how they can, um, you know, manage sustainability internally. Um, and essentially what we uh, kind of uh, do after we have established this is to uh, get the camp company acquainted with the product, give them an idea of what is it, uh, what is the frequency with which Uh, they should use it in order to get to the fastest results. Um, we engage with people that are responsible for decarbonization or implementation of sustainability strategies with our action plans. Um, and uh, then we onboard them on our community platform where they can speak to the other customers that we have. Um, and essentially, uh, an example of this would be, uh, for example, Vancy. Uh, Vancy is a really big corporate uh, in France that focuses on... Uh, Quite a lot. They maintain the roads of Europe and of Africa. They also have energy companies. They essentially have 13,000 subsidiaries. So you can imagine what it means for them to be managing their carbon accounting. Um, for them, we actually developed a very special calculator that is specifically dedicated to the hardware equipment that they own. Um, and that has been quite exciting because basically this has been now implemented across uh, all the geographies and allows them to understand the CO2 emissions related to uh, the uh, machinery that they have, which is quite a lot. Um, and uh, what this leads to essentially is now they have understood what's the status quo. Um, based off of that, they have a decarbonization strategy that the system has been able to develop automatically based on the data that has been gathered through the product. Um, and there's plenty of examples that we can give, but essentially on average, we're looking at 15 to 20% reduction for a year. That's fantastic. And how long does it take to onboard uh, this type of uh, client? I mean, how is the, the, the onboarding uh, process? Uh, 
does it take like a few months? Uh, I guess it depends also of the readiness of the uh, internal team and the, the scale of the company. But in average, do you uh, guys have already like started to see like a trends behind that? Or? Yeah, we definitely see trends. And uh, one of the main defining factors is actually how long uh, the company has been acquainted with the topic of sustainability and if they have uh, actually resources that are specifically dedicated to this or it's someone that acquired this responsibility post-factum. Um, it really depends, I would say. Uh, and we have, uh, for some cases, it takes like a week uh, because we have a set of integrations that we can offer to them. We have a kind of a setup that is uh, prepared for the size and the scale of the company. Um, if we're talking about like a huge corporate like Vansi, uh, it takes a few months, uh, but it takes a few months until basically the product has been adapted by all the decision makers involved in uh, the actual uh, daily use of the product. Mm. Can you tell us a bit more about the uh, competition um, of Plan A? Is there any competitors uh, also present in uh, Europe, uh, in the US? Uh, and uh, if yes, uh, why are you guys uh, different from them? Oh, there's definitely a lot of companies doing carbon accounting. Uh, there's a significant amount of companies doing it for uh, SMEs. And this is kind of understandable because it's probably the easier process to tackle. Um, because essentially carbon accounting is not necessarily a complex, uh, you know, job. If you're looking for a company with 10 people and like, you know, barely anyone traveling, especially due to COVID and so on. Um we uh, have also other companies that are a bit more established related to offsetting. These are offsetting providers that are offering carbon credits. Um, they do carbon calculations uh, using um, some methodologies. And what they offer is kind of the possibility for you to neutralize your emissions. Uh, and Climate Partner is an example, South Pole and others. Um, and uh, there's a lot of consultancies, of course. We actually work with quite a lot of them because we have not been, um, you know, um, shy from developing the product to make their life easier rather than actually making it a competition to them. Uh, mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, any consultant needs to calculate the emissions and kick off their work. Uh, we do not do consulting, so we're not the ones that are going to implement the change and follow the transformation within the company. We're the ones that are going to automate the process of tracking the data to then lead to better business decisions. Um, so this is maybe the landscape at this stage. I think um, maybe just to give uh, um, kind of my, uh, to pay my respect for a few companies that I have a lot of uh, excitement for, they're members of the Green Tech Alliance. One is called Foodsteps. Uh, Foodsteps focuses on carbon accounting for food companies. Uh, they do it for like big corporates like Gusto, uh, the canteens of uh, University of Cambridge, Oxford and others. Um, and they give essentially labels of uh, each dish and what the CO2 uh, value is. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a few exciting companies working in the chemical space, which is super complex. This is Carbon Mines and Alloc now. Um, and I think, you know, you might consider that these are competitors, but um, I'm incredibly happy to see their success because uh, we actually need this kind of, you know, scientifically driven products more on the space. And at the moment, there's a very few. We're mm -hmm. also scientifically driven because we have a science team in-house. But the usual case is that 
it's not the choice that uh, all these companies would have. So, uh, yeah, these examples are definitely ones that I respect a lot. Can you tell us a bit more about the uh, economics of, uh, of uh, Plan A, the business model that you guys are currently uh, having in place? Uh, if there's anything that uh, uh, you, in your roadmap, you think that uh, will change in the, in the, in the future? Um, maybe a little bit about the uh, margin uh, that you have uh, currently today and uh, is there any room in the future to uh, improve those margin uh, as well? Well, we have a software as a service uh, model where it's an annual subscription uh, and essentially within this you get decarbonization uh, support, you also get your own account management uh, You also get quite a lot uh, on the platform itself in terms of different modules you can access. Uh, pricing varies a lot uh, depending on the size of the company and, of course, on the type of modules that they want to have. Uh, we have ESG modules. We have reporting modules uh, that are specific to certain uh, frameworks and um, kind of standards that are familiar to many CDP, uh, GRI. Uh, uh, actually, the platform itself is built according to GRI. So, um, It really depends on kind of what you want to make out of this product. What we normally see is that companies start off with kind of the basics plus a few modules that they need immediately and then they add uh, along the way because there's just a lot more they can do. What we can be offering in the future and how we plan on improving our margins is by uh, further increasing the, uh, I would say, uh, frequency of the uh, data collection. So, uh, Data collection at the moment happens ad hoc for the, where there's integrations. It happens also on monthly or quarterly basis. Uh, there's certain schedules that you can set up. Uh, mm -hmm. But we truly believe that our product needs to become a daily use uh, one uh, by companies. And at the moment, it's kind of a weekly use one. Uh, so there's certain things that, um, you know, we can add to make the engagement. Uh, and we plan some exciting things for uh, Q3, which uh, many are going to see uh, the ones that, of course, use our platform. Can you tell us a bit more about them, about those exciting uh, things? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on in the product side. Like there's uh, uh, quite a few of um, different uh, kind of modules that are in the making at the moment. We're going to be fully covering all the reporting standards by the end of Q3, uh, and also uh, going to be able to uh, really uh, scale super complex data manipulations. Uh, so like we're talking about automotive level of uh, scope tree analysis and so on, uh, which kind of we're already doing, but uh, that's going to be also fully embedded into the product. Um, so these are some of the examples, uh, but we're working, I would say, quite actively and uh, there's a lot uh, going on. I can continue listing for a bit. Fantastic. Um, would you consider Plan A as the uh, SAP suite for um, decarbonization and uh, impact intelligence? Um, I think, uh, first of all, SAP is building a competing product. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, something to, that's something to keep in mind, uh, Climate 21. Uh, and they're adding this on top of their existing system. So uh, that's something interesting to look at. Same as Salesforce and so on. So I think everyone is jumping on the opportunity. Um, that is the ultimate aim that we have because we have this product and science uh, capability that is quite unique. 
um, in terms of, you know, our positioning on the market. We offer a level of accuracy that is unraveled and also a level of um, detail uh, that also is kind of exactly what the regulation is going towards. Um, and that's one of, that's the way to satisfy also the needs of corporates. So that is what we're building. And this is also uh, justified by the type of clients that we have. So I'd like to know a little bit more about the uh, scalability of uh, plan A. So how do you guys plan to scale your operation? Uh, the size of the the market opportunity that you uh, that you see in front of uh, in front of you, and in a way the the, the steps to uh, to achieve to, to grab uh, as much as possible part of this uh, this market opportunity. Uh, we're setting up as we speak uh, um, like a big team in France, uh, also in the UK. So these are two of the key markets in Europe that we are already working in, but we also want to have now that the lockdown is done in uh, some of these places, uh, our foot in the door and kind of be uh, proactively uh, actually engaging locally. Um, what is planned for the end of the year is entering the US as well. Uh, and also uh, we're setting up uh, shops in Scandinavia in autumn. So uh, in a nutshell, Europe is definitely the most important market just because of the regulatory framework and how fast the space is moving due to the Green Deal. Uh, but shortly after we're going in the US because we're already serving clients in the US and uh, Working across time zones that span over, uh, you know, 12 hours difference is not always the easiest. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, where, where we headed as well. Is the Biden administration uh, putting any regulation uh, in, in a sense that uh, it would be favorable for uh, Plan A? There's an indication uh, for that. Uh, John Kerry, for example, two weeks ago was speaking about greenwashing in the finance sector, setting frameworks for that, which Europe has already uh, been kind of not only discussing, but putting in policies for the last few months. Um, there's also a lot of uh, activation in terms of um, kind of just corporate activities. And with this, uh, we definitely feel like uh, it's about few months until there's a lot more detail on where the regulatory framework is going to be headed. At the moment, it's uh, a sentiment of the market based off of the manifesto that he came out with, which is uh, climate change is one of the three pillars. Uh, but we're not doubting that very shortly there's going to be tangible uh, adaptations to the existing laws and also reverting certain actions that were taken by Trump as well. So what are the challenges uh, and maybe opportunities that, uh, as of today, the company uh, Plan A is, uh, is facing? Oh, it's all at the same time. I mean, you know what it is to build a business. Uh, it's, uh, every day is a new roller coaster of emotions, uh, positive, negative. Uh, um, and you kind of have to learn to, to, to ride the wave in a more stable manner. Um, I think when it comes to opportunities, there's so much going on at the moment in the regulatory space, and it's quite unique to see regulations driving the agenda. Normally, it's the other way around. So uh, we're super excited to be part of this movement, also to be influencing some of these discussions on the EU level um, and also on the Germany level. Um, when it comes to maybe challenges, I would say uh, we still have to educate a lot of people about uh, why this needs to be part of their agenda. And that is not to say that uh, it's not going to be like very short until they are able to, uh, you know, really adapt their way of being and so on. But 
it's still early days. And what this means is that we really need to be quite, um, I would say, uh, patient with how corporates perceive sustainability. Um, mm. So with this in mind, we have, uh, you know, a big job to do. Uh, we need to do it in the right manner, a science-driven, data-driven manner. Uh, because if we get this wrong, there's no future for humanity. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a job with a lot of responsibility. Would you, would you think that, uh, I mean, I saw, first of all, that you guys are doing this academy, so I guess it's uh, serving that purpose. Uh, but would you think that is because of the uh, age uh, of the executive team of uh, most of those uh, big companies, that uh, the uh, sense of urgency is not as there as the uh, younger generation as, uh, as ours, that uh, this education is still necessary to be, uh, to be pushed? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I speak to executives on a daily basis and uh, they're incredibly concerned. I think uh, it's more to do with the uh, facets of a corporate and the whole machinery having to adapt itself. Because when you're talking about sustainability into a corporate or even in a large scale, uh, like fast scaling company, then you're talking about a lot of shifts that need to happen uh, internally. Mm -hmm for this to become a KPI that really is defining the outcomes of certain actions and uh, is defining the future of certain budget distribution and so on. Um, so the executives are perfectly aware and also willing to act. There's also a lot of validation for that. I mean, all the corporates that we work with, uh, they, they speak in a knowledgeable manner about the topic. They're not new to it. Mm -hmm. The main issue is related to uh, the fact that we don't have uh, yet an in-depth framework for how to prepare every stakeholder for what's ahead of us. Mm -hmm. um, we have developed a framework for how to, develop, how to support corporates. Uh, the government also uh, has a framework on how to prepare society, but I think there's still a lot of discrepancy in the approaches that are being taken. And until we don't have a unified way of doing it, it's going to be a bit more burdensome. So tell me a bit more about, uh, that's almost my last question in terms of uh, plan A. Do you guys have any like uh, internal uh, sustainability metrics? Uh, are you also uh, seeking to measure your own uh, impact? And do you think there's still room to, for improvement on that sense? Oh, indeed. Yeah. And it excites me that you asked this question because it's definitely one we spent some time uh, looking into and preparing for. First of all, we measured the uh, CO2 that has been reduced thanks to the use of the platform. And that is on average between 15 and 20 percent per company for per year. Uh, so mm -hmm. this is uh, quite significant, especially given how large the normal size of a company that works with us is. Um, the second thing that we also measure is the CO2 that is being processed through the platform. We're not making this public yet uh, just because we have a lot of companies that, uh, you know, the, the, we know it, but we, we are not uh, disclosing it. It's kind of part of the, the, the terms and conditions yeah. we have. Uh, but it's something that we track and we're going to be making it public probably sometime soon after a few confirmations are received. Um, and then another one that is uh, quite important to us is uh, the, the people that have been impacted. So uh, what really matters to us is, first of all, how many other users on the platform? That is quite important. And of course, now we have like a few hundred. So 
um, that is super exciting in terms of like a few hundred companies and uh, each one of those has like one to 10 users. So like, you know, it, it could be uh, quite diverse. But then um, when you see these people engaged on our community platform, that also means that there is an opportunity for this message to be passed forward. Um, so this, this is something that, uh, you know, we, we measure and we care about. In terms of the planet CO2 emissions, we measure our emissions. We also compensate with carbon capture um, and uh, essentially also plastic offsetting, which is not your typical carbon offsetting. It's basically for uh, just uh, basically it's in tons of plastic that have been collected by one of the organizations we work with. Um, and also we do quite a lot of uh, activities outside of work uh, on weekends that support the mission that we have, as we always say, like we prefer to walk the talk. Um, and for example, uh, in two weeks time, and I invite anyone that is listening from Berlin to join uh, on the 29th of uh, May, we're going to be having a cleanup in Mitte in four small parks, which are incredibly dirty um, on a Saturday. Fantastic. So how can the community help you? Uh, if uh, any listeners can, uh, can help plan here in your mission, uh, where do you need help for? How can they contribute? Well, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of different ways. First of all, if someone is uh, working for a company that is looking to uh, set up its own sustainability journey, uh, get in touch. We always have uh, many ways in which we can support. Uh, the software itself is, uh, of course, the most prominent one. But even if you are kind of kicking it off, uh, there's plenty that we can share. Um, if someone is looking for a job, we have more than 25 open positions at the moment. Uh, so, um, yeah, get in touch and uh, we'll be more than happy to chat. We have positions in product, in sales uh, for all across Europe, uh, as well as in the U.S. Um, and also we have quite a lot of, um, you know, positions in uh, uh, tech. Um, and then the final thing is if you really are kind of, looking into informing yourself about climate change and maybe in the beginning of your own uh, journey, uh, feel free to look at our academy where you can learn a bit more in a, explained in a human uh, way, uh, although still following the science, uh, a bit more about the basics and uh, beyond the basics of sustainability. All right. Thank you so much, Lubomila. It was a pleasure to have you on a Tech for Climate podcast and uh, Literally, I think you have uh, an inspiring story. Uh, you are doing a lot uh, for the ecosystem and, uh, and for the planet. So uh, I think uh, kudos and, uh, and congrats to that. Mm -hmm.